welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. We're here. That was real good. That was nice. Hi. Hi, you you good? Did you die? I'm okay. We're good. Hey, everybody, how's it going? God, what... Why do I feel like we forget how to do this every time? Um, I feel like that's what makes us endearing and makes the people come back for more. I, well, let the people decide. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Zach and Griffin's <laughs> Multiversal Pet Shop. My name is Griffin. And I'm Zach. I did it to you this and, time. Uh, there we <laughs> I go. I cut the bit short. <laughs> and we are back uh, with uh, some more pals for you and yours. I apologize in advance for my energy this episode. I am highly caffeinated, um, which makes me a little dangerous sometimes, I feel. You're, damn it, Cold Iron, you're on the edge. You're a loose cannon. (laughs) Turn in your badge and your gun and your keys and your vending machine pass and your parking spot. (laughs) And the deed to your house. (laughs) And your wedding ring. She's my wife oh my now. God. But chief, I was your best man. Damn it, I was close enough. There we go. I like this fiction. I want to. I want to see the story now. Um, we got. Yeah, we'll get. We'll get the writing chair. Anyway, anyway hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> we're doing good. I think we're doing okay out there in the world. Oh well, good. We're back for another episode, um, and we're going to start off with everyone's favorite uh, uh, pet-filled segment, what? which is, of course, pet news. I really uh, expanded it a bit there. You really did explore like, a completely different octave. So this, yeah, I like to jump to the octaves every once you in a know. while. Uh, so this is a, a article uh, from National Geographic, written by a man named Douglas Maine. This came out on the 24th of January this year, 2020. These sharks have evolved to walk on land. Sorry? One more yep. again? These sharks have evolved to walk on land, and they did it quickly. What? Let's read more, Why are we? we just now hearing about this? <laughs> Sharks have roamed the world's oceans for hundreds of millions of years. In that time, many species have barely changed, but some strange sharks are still evolving and have even learned to walk. Meet the walking sharks. Sorry, hang on. You did just say walking sharks? Walking sharks? Meet the walking sharks. There we go. There you go. Yeah, S-H-A-R-X. Sharks. (laughs) Like folks. Yeah. These three-foot-long creatures live near Australia and, as their name implies, move their pectoral fins in the front and pelvic fins in the back to plod along the seafloor or even atop of coral uh, reefs outside the water at low tide. Oh, my God. Of course they're from Such Australia, Such mobility allows too. the sharks... Yeah. Oh, this is smooth. Uh, it, it allows them to wriggle between tide pools in different areas of the reef to prey upon crabs, shrimp, small fish, just about anything they can find. Jeez. There you go. During low tides, they become the top predator on the reef, says Christine Dudgeon, a researcher at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, I guess, because many creatures probably thought they were safe there. They're like, nah, no, ain't no shark gonna get me it's, here. I'm safe in my own little pool. No, Larry, it's fine. Sharks can't come out of the water. It's not like they can walk wait, or anything. Wait, Bishop, what's that? What? No. no. Impossible. How'd they find us? It can't be. Oh, Bishop and Larry. That was the last time anyone's heard from them. Yep. Eaten by walking sharks. But anyway, yeah, so sharks. Man, okay, it's not so so terrible, because I definitely pictured, like, 
you know them growing like feet not necessarily but i did picture them like upright (laughs) yeah and not scuttling forward kind of four-legged oh it's sort of salamandering yeah like like hopping up onto like the almost like on their tail or something and just rapidly running forward have that nice cartoon like exactly And just their mouths up the top, just ah, uh, <laughs> sort of flopping around like yeah. a little like a wet noodle. That's kind of the first thing I my head went to, even though I know that's illogical. This makes much more sense, but yeah. still a terrifying prospect. Also, very cool science. Yeah, walking sharks. And we're all walking doomed. sharks. We're all, we're all dooms. At least if you're in Australia. But then again, everything in Australia is already programmed to kill you, kind of so. right. If sharks ever do evolve, like, full-on legs, then we're screwed. Oh, we're done. Yeah, that's it. Game over. Oh, man. I want Someone needs to make, like, a dog shark. Like, mix, like, a, a mastiff with, like, a great white. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be really cool. It'd be a, it'd be a shog. Be a, a legitimate land shark. Yeah. Oh, no. Get out of here, Bullet. Who needs you? We've got shogs. We've got the great wastiff. <laughs> A for effort. Hey, thank you. All right. Well, uh, I, does that conclude our pet news for the day? I think that's our pet news for the day. Pet news. Pet news. I think I found like a like a kind of go to. Little. So you found it. I just sort of haphazardly run through some bullshit scale that I come <laughs> up with every time. That sounds about right. That tracks. Yep. All right. Well, uh, esteemed ones, welcome, welcome, everyone, welcome back to the second round of the Henchfolk Job Fair. Here we are. Yeah, we've got lots of lots of more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Submissions mm-hmm. for people uh, that, that want to get hooked. Up with some full-time employing. Indeed. Employing? Employment. Employment. There we go. Yes. Last time we uh, brought in some lovely candidates uh, from goblins to ogres and some friends in between. Uh, this time we're, we've got a little bit more of the muscle on offer, on, on yeah, retainer. Some of those beefy enforcers that you may need mm-hmm. um, just to get any... Um, would-be adventurer that it comes stumbling into your lair to back off, um, to protect any arcane research into the divine, yeah. whatever you need, really. You know, just kind of to watch your room while you're away on vacation. Yeah. yeah. Someone to pet your dog while you're away. Mm-hmm. Really burly house sitters. Someone to, to feed your basilisk. Very carefully. Yeah, very carefully. Leave them a note to, on the fridge. To file the horns of your Bahir mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're not Bahir. <laughs> <laughs> to polish your iron golem. Uh, someone to scrub the necrostank off of your uh, uh, ghouls. Someone to cuddle your Otiugs. Someone to tickle your periton. <laughs> All right, that feels like enough. There we go. We've All got right. enough of those. Um, so kicking us, uh, kicking us off, uh, the henchfolk we would like to spotlight for uh, this venture is one already well-known in the business, uh, kind of a, a traditionalist, but mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they don't deserve some praise and attention. Uh, we are talking about the mighty bugbear. The bugbear. The bugbear. Neither bug nor bear. But. But 100% bugbear. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, bugbears, they are uh, considered, they're classified as goblinoids. So they are related to, uh, I believe the uh, owner's manual states them as uh, cousins to goblins and hobgoblins. Mm-hmm. They stand uh, about six to seven feet tall. 
Their uh, bodies are covered in fur, some some like thick kind of brownish fur, though your colors may vary. Mm-hmm. Um, they have kind of unnaturally longer arms, arms. like their limbs yeah. are strangely a little longer than you would expect. They kind of got you know, like 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 apes, how their arms tend to yeah. be a bit lengthier. Mm-hmm. Got the long sort of goblinoid ears, and this the the bugbear featured in the owner's manual has just some dynamite eyebrows. He really does. Yeah. Those things like they look like horns almost. Almost. Is how powerful those eyebrows are. Yeah, but uh, bugbears are kind of the uh, bigger, burlier cousins to the uh, humble goblin. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the owner's manual, it states that bugbears are born for battle and mayhem. Surviving by raiding and hunting, they bully the weak and despise being bossed around, but their love of carnage means they will fight for powerful masters if bloodshed and treasure are assured. Sounds like a great henchman right out the gate to me. Oh, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, Bugbears normally like to boss around other goblins and will bully other hobgoblins into giving them gold and food uh, in exchange for serving as either scouts or, like, shock troopers. Um, Even when paid, the owner's manual says, bugbears are considered unreliable allies at best, but goblins and hobgoblins understand that uh, bugbears... No matter how much they might drain a tribe of their resources, bugbears are still very powerful uh, creatures to reckon with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, this weird uh, disparagement with uh, the the bugbear, where despite their size and their long limbedness, that was a word. Um, they're weirdly sneaky. Yeah, they uh, they they move with surprising stealth and. They are really fond of ambushes, despite yeah, their they're sort very of, good ambushers. Yeah, despite their size and their kind of forward, uh, aggressive nature, really like to just lie in wait and ambush folk. Um, they they're very fond of that, and they will flee when they're outmatched. Uh, they are considered dependable mercenaries so long as they're supplied with food and drink and treasure, but bugbears forget any bond when their life is on the line. Which is honestly fair. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's a hard life out there for anyone, especially bugbears and, you know, goblinoids. So, like, I don't blame you if you... It's like, oh, yeah, we're being thrown up against uh, a, a force that way outnumbers us. Oh, I'm fucking out of here. I'm good. Like, <laughs> peace. Deuces. A wounded member of a bugbear band might be left behind to help the rest of the band escape. Afterward, that bugbear might help uh, pursuers track down its former companions if doing so saves its life. So, they're traditionally uh, considered chaotic evil, so they just kind of do what they want and whoever has their life in their hands they'll kind of listen to but they're all i think they like to to you know band together help out their buddies their bug buddies when it comes to bugbears it seems like you get what you get and you don't throw a fit pretty much yeah they're called bugbears not bud bears little piece of uh trivia i suppose uh bugbears worship a uh lesser deity known as hrugek Hrugek. Uh, in the absence of their goblinoid kin, bugbears form loose war bands, each one led by its fiercest members. Bugbears believe that when they die, their spirits have a chance to fight at Hrugek's side. They try to prove themselves worthy by defeating as many foes as possible. Uh, this makes me think of, like, Mad Max, but with bugbears. That'd be pretty rad, not gonna lie. Like, if we just, just redid Fury Road, but just with a bunch of bugbears, <laughs> like, spraying silver spray paint on their mouths and just, mm-hmm. like, jumping from car to car. and Yeah. Also, uh, uh, oh, goodness, I was Nicholas Holtz there for some reason. Just because. Because he feels like Just because. Yeah, you have to keep Nicholas Holtz in it, though. <laughs> He's the only only human that's allowed to be in the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of kickstarted the whole project, so he feels yeah. Like, you know, he was kinda... like, "All right, guys, I want to make yeah bugbear. I want to make Max. Fury Road, but with bugbears." 
I want to see that. I, we don't really have the time to go into a, a movie spoof about bugbears, I don't think. But just the the list of insert movie here, but with bugbears, that's a, a rich comedic vein that I want to return to at some point in time. Yo, like, at this point, like, we've got the time. Let's, okay. Let's just, like, we, uh, we like get, a couple. We get two each. Two each. Okay. Two each. All right. All right. What would be good with bugbears? Um, Avengers with bugbears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the Princess Bride, but with bugbears. Okay. Um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants <laughs> with bugbears. <laughs> That's really good. That's a really good pull. Um, final, final volley. Um, despicable me, but with bugbears. That's that's pretty good. I'm here for it. Illumination, get at us. Oh God, at Pet Shop oh, Cast on man. Twitter. Uh, you can DM there us. We go. But yeah, bugbears are your. Uh, uh, they are phenomenal frontline troopers. So long as you uh, treat them well and pay them their dues. Uh, they're also very good sort of outlier scouts and kind of, you know, for, for military units, very good for sort of protecting the flanks, keeping a watchful eye for uh, incoming invaders and fighting back really well against vanguards and sneak attacks and things like that. They, they, they got that guerrilla tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're very fond of, you know pretty standard weapons in terms of like uh, bludgeons and javelins and things like that and they're tough they're they're tough as nails mm. they're I wouldn't want to fight a bugbear bunch of rough rowdy boys yeah have dark vision speak goblin yeah nice bugbears are dope they're I, I, I again I'm at that point where it's like I don't really have anything funny to say cause like they're, they're just kind of cool they're just kind of badass like yeah I, like I want to I wouldn't want to see a bugbear army, you know? I wouldn't want to see what 50 bugbears looks like together. I would not want to, yeah, to be on the other end of that. That sounds terrifying. Yikes. But, Yikes, indeed. Yeah, uh, bugbears, uh, bring in your applications and your uh, your CVs, your dossiers, and yes. uh, we'll be sure to feature them. Uh, potential potential uh, hirers, employers, if you need some bugbears... Hit us up. Look through our directories. Get at us. Get at us. Please. You know, if you want to. Been saying that a lot lately. I don't know why. I'm I'm here for it. Get at me. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm here for it. You're here you're here for it? I'm here for it. You're here for it. You remind me of I'm here for it. Do you watch Powerpuff Girls as a kid, Griffin? Uh a little. Anytime someone re- repeats something in the same like cadence like that, I always think of there's this one episode where it's summer break and the Powerpuff Girls you know, get out of school and they're very excited. They decide to race home and they run so fast, they run 50 years into the future. Oh, God. Where <laughs> since they've been gone for 50 years, the city of Townsville is like in ruin. Okay. Um, and so they walk around and see the, the, the backlash of what happened and they get, they walk by their like, whatever school they're in their elementary school or mm-hmm. kindergarten because they're like tiny children right um but their teacher is just like waving and it's like i just stood there waving goodbye and they raced off i just stood there waving <laughs> goodbye what the and i'm fuck? like even like when they raced off into the future like you didn't like go home that day before things started falling <laughs> apart i was always like why was she still standing there the world may never know the world may never know, but that's what I immediately think of. Yeah. Um, a little bit, a little intro to my psyche there, I guess. Excellent. Um, you're welcome, I guess, everyone at home Woo. for that dumbass reference I just made. <laughs> anyway, now we're talking about gnolls. Oh. Yes. The knoll Gnolls, not like the grassy knoll that we all assume JFK was sniped from. Uh-huh. But gnolls, G-N-O, double L-S, talk about the weird hy- hyena folk. Gnolls. Gnolls, feral humanoids that attack settlements along the frontiers and borderlands of civilization without warning, slaughtering their victims and devouring their flesh. Hell yeah. Wait, what? What? Devouring their flesh. Ah. All right. They straight up eat people. Hell yeah. 
Gnolls apparently come from demonic origin. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh they uh their origins trace all the way back to the demon lord Yinog. Yeah. Um I think we touched Yinogu. on this briefly when we were talking about oh um Yethhounds maybe? Uh, I don't think it's Yethhounds. It's the it's I think the Lucra. Oh, uh, uh, Shasuva. Shasuvas, yeah. The one of the, the big weird... hyena demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shusuva, Shos, uh, whatever. <laughs> Shusuva or something. Those things are cool. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Um, when that demon lord Yinogu found his way uh, to the material plane, he ran amok. Packs of ordinary hyenas followed in his wake, scavenging the demon lord's kills. Um, and those hyenas were transformed into the first gnolls that paraded after him uh, until uh, he was banished back to the abyss. Um, but then all the gnolls sort of scattered. Oops. Um, and uh, started kind of making their own civilizations and stuff. Yeah. Good, They're, uh, good job, gnolls. as nomadic destroyers. They're dangerous because they strike at random. They emerge from the wilderness, plunder and slaughter, and then move somewhere else. <laughs> they, says they attack like a plague of locusts. It's just a lot scarier. <laughs> I didn't say a lot scarier. I added that. That's a Zach Rob uh, cliff note. Uh, you can put that annotation at the Plague bottom. Plague of locusts, but a lot scarier, TM. But a lot scarier. Building settlements and living little behind, but raised buildings, gnawed corpses, and befouled land. They like to choose easy targets for their raids. Um, armored warriors hold up in a fortified castle or survive a rampaging knoll horde unscathed, even as the town, villages, and farms that surround the castle are ablaze. Their people slaughtered and devoured. So they like to pick... They, they like the easy pickings. Yeah. If you're behind a guarded wall, odds are they're not going to bother with you. Yeah, I mean, that tracks. Like, if, yeah. if... They're not, like... They don't have siege weaponry. Yeah. They're just going to come in, tear shit up, and bounce. They Yeah, they just tear through the place, and then, they get, and then they're gone, like the wind. Like scarier locusts. Yeah. Locusts, but scarier. Uh, they rarely build permanent structures or craft anything of lasting value. They don't make weapons or armor, but scavenge such items from the corpses of their fallen victims, stringing ears, teeth, scalps, and other trophies from their foes onto their patchwork armor. Ew. Scalp armor. They have a thirst for blood. There's no good goodness <laughs> or compassion. Resides at the heart of a knoll. You read that with just such, like, banality of just, they have a thirst for blood. They do. <laughs> we've been we've yeah, been in this not... business for too long. These things don't face us anymore. Hey, life, it's uh, it, it comes at you fast. It finds a way. Like what? <laughs> but that and what Ferris Bueller says: life comes at you fast. If yeah. you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might miss it. Thank you, Matthew Project. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, it says that uh, uh, the alpha of a null pack is the pack lord, ruling by might and cunning. A pack lord earns the best, earns the best of a null pack spoils, food, valuable trinkets, and magic items. It's uh, ornament, what ornaments its body with brutal piercings and grotesque trophies, oh. dyeing its fur with demonic sigils, hoping Yinogu will make it invulnerable. Oh my god! Yikes! Yikes! Indeed. Uh. Lastly, it says the Knoll Fang of Yinogu. Knolls celebrate their victories by performing demonic rituals and making blood offerings to Yinogu. Sometimes the Demon Lord rewards his worshippers by allowing one of them to be possessed by a demonic spirit. Marked as Yinogu's favorite, the lucky recipient becomes a Fang of Yinogu, the chosen of of the Knoll Lord. Fuck. Yeah, right? I'm good. In much of the same way, Yinogu created the first gnolls, a hyena that feasts on a fang's uh, slain foes, undergoes a horrible transformation, becoming a full-grown adult gnoll. Oh, shit. So it, like, can make more gnolls in its wake. It can. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Like, if I am fighting a fang of Yinogu, Uh like, in a D&D game, like, say that... uh, uh, Folks at home, uh, you probably won't know this, but to say my my dear tabaxi druid, Sam Safargrave, yeah. summons a bunch of hyenas, uh-huh. and they feast after a victim from a fang of Yinogu. Uh-huh. Would I then have a bunch of adult gnolls at my command? My instinctual DM ruling on that would be no, because conjure animals, they take the form of beasts, but I think they're technically fae. 
That's fair. Cool, cool, cool. Good DM ruling. You're the best. <laughs> That's what I do, I guess. Uh, what was that? Uh, yeah, no, depending on the number of hyenas in a region, a fang of Yenogu can lead to a startling increase in null population. Finding and killing the fang is the only way to keep that population in check. That's a cool plot hook, though. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, save that for a future campaign. Fucking that's null plague. That's Ooh. very cool. So, if you need a lot of if you need a lot of henchmen, henchfolk, real quickly, a fang of Yinogu can like art can like uh, uh, artificially boost your numbers, boost your ranks. All you need to do Yikes. is find a bunch of hyenas. Damn. I mean, yeah, if you live you know, in Africa, like you're good to go. Yeah. So, what are gnolls? What are their strengths? What 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 do we want gnolls on? Uh, what kind of jobs do we want them on? All right, well, Knowles, uh, they, they, they kind of got a little, you know, I, I, I'm not big on saying the best of both worlds, but they kind of got a little bit. They got some strength. They got that, that dexterity. Let me bounce back to the owner's manual because I scooted over to ovals for a second. Oh, yeah, there is some, like, there are some bonus kind of Knowles. Bonus Knowles in, in... There is some bonus Knowles, yeah. Ovals book. But they're pretty dexterous, um... Oh yeah, so they they they're very good at dispatching people quickly. If they take one thing down, they just kind of quickly move and start attacking other things. Excellent. So especially if you hit them in mass, well, if they hit you in mass, Ugh. they're going to be able to rip through you. Yeah, real quickly. They are big on using a, a a multitude of weapons from their own claws and fangs to bows and uh, other melee weapons. And then they just get sort of beefier as you, you go from just your run-of-the-mill knoll to the pack lord to the fang. Yeah. So they'd make a pretty good, like, kind of main force, like, main battle line. Main force? But also I think they'd make pretty good, like, scouts. Like Yeah. They're pretty quick. They, they Yeah, they, they, uh, they're very versatile henchfolk. Mm-hmm. And then you get into um, some of the entries in good old ovals here. Where you, uh, we have something, uh, a type of knoll called a flind. A flind. A flind. Holy shit, that thing is scary looking. It's very scary looking. Yeah, we didn't really do a physical description of the, the of them. They are essentially bipedal hyena people. Yeah. Um, this this flind we're looking at is just a more manic, more juiced, armored <laughs> hyena guy. <laughs> Covered in sort of blood, and look, he has like a ha- a hand hanging from his belt. Yeah, it looks a little more feral. Yeah, uh, let's see, a flint is an exceptionally strong, and vicious knoll that commands and directs the war band. It is a part of. It uh, wields a flail imbued with a powerful magic by Yinogu himself. Rutro. Rutro, indeed. Warband can have only one flint. And that creature set, uh, sets a war band's path because of its special connection to Yinogu. A flind uses god-given omens and demonic insight to guide the gnolls towards weak prey ripe for slaughter. Huh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Gnolls got a pretty complicated hierarchy. Yeah, I guess. Also, what yeah, is Yeah, no, they this? have a, an, an aura of bloodthirst. The flind does? The Flind has an aura of blood first. Mechanically, if the Flind isn't incapacitated, any creature with the rampage trait can make a bite attack as a bonus action while within 10 feet of the Flind. So it can just encourage more attacking, basically. More attacking. Yikes. All attacking all the time. Unlike other humanoid leaders that might skulk behind their minions, a Flind leads the charge in battle. Its flail causes uh, racking pain, paralysis, and disorientation uh, in those struck by it. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, it looks like this flail is, like, made of skulls. It's got, like, skulls that are glowing in the eyes and smoke's coming out. That's terrible. Not, uh, there's some other sort of subclasses. Uh, We've got the Flesh Gnar. Cool. And a group of gnolls could be said to be more feral than others. That distinction would go to the Flesh Gnar. Great. These... Uh, yeah, right? Great. They eschew the use of ranged weapons in favor of short blades that they wield with speed and efficiency. In the thick of the fight, they are capable of dashing across the field, slashing and snarling as they run down stragglers and finish off wounded foes. Jeez. So these are your 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 rogues of the yeah. Yikes! God, he also has a, a, an arm on his belt and, and like, like a necklace made of fi- fingers. A necklace of, of fingers. God, Knowles, why you gotta be so hunters. creepy? Yeah, 
they have a, a hunter sort of a, a, a subclass, but then they also um, the last page in ovals is something oh. called a Noel uh, Noel Witherling. Oh. It's a, it's like an undead Noel. It's an undead Noel. Sometimes Noles turn against each other, perhaps to determine who rules a warband or because the extreme of uh, extreme starvation. Even under ordinary circumstances, Noles that are deprived of victims for too long can't control their hunger and violent urges. Eventually, they fight among themselves. The survivors devour the flesh of their slain comrades, but preserve the bones. Then, by invoking rituals to Yenogu, they bring the remains back to a semblance of life in the form of a Noel Witherling. What the fuck, Noles? So, a uh, Noel skeleton. Witherlings act much as Noles do in life, traveling with their comrades and trying to kill anything in their path. They don't eat and aren't motivated by hunger, leaving more flesh for the rest of the warband. Noel Witherlings aren't capable of wielding any weapon more sophisticated than a simple club. That's twisted. Yeah. That's real messed up, man. Yo. Yeah. I, it's wild to me that, like, they they don't have the... Like, like, they're losing control and urges are kicking in, so they're infighting and eating each other, but then they have the wherewithal to preserve the bones at the same time. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, there's a very good in, uh, entry by Oval here. It says, I heard a warlock sought to magically turn the last witherlings of a destroyed Null band uh, into his own strike force against foes. That worked well. Until Yinogu sent seven warbands after him. <laughs> Oops. Yup. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with Yinogu. I'm good. Yeah. I'll fuck with that. I'll fuck with that. So, Knolls, with their with their demonic sort of heritage, sounds like they would make pretty decent mercs or, or you know, troopers for maybe like a demon, like a lesser demon. Oh, um, yeah, no, they, they fit sort of a lot of... And, and pretty much any role you need them to, mm-hmm. they could probably fill f- fill into it. Yeah, very... Not very magically adept, yeah. but... Very jack-of-all-trades, though. Yes. Seems like they're strong, they would make good skirmishers, um... Good scouts and hunters. Mm-hmm. Strike force. You just gotta make it worth their while. I guess. Or, or they will eat you. Yeah, bring just bring the meat. Knowles, <laughs> just bring the meat. <laughs> I wanna see... Where, like, gnolls are, in, especially if they're in the UTP, mm-hmm. oh. and they're like, hmm, I've heard of this Arby's place. <laughs> we'll go work for them. They have the meats. They have the meats, brother. Let's go. <laughs> and so Arby's just has, has legions of gnolls because they have the meats. <laughs> In the in the in you know eighty years from now when the corporate wars begin, uh, Arby's just has an army of gnolls at its disposal because they have the they, meats. They have the meats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's gnolls though. That's gnolls, baby. Gnolls that bring the meats. Um, <laughs> uh, when in doubt, it's all about the meats. It's all about the. The meats. meats, baby. I guess new tagline for us too. Um, you want to roll on over to uh, the to an ad break? Let's do an ad break. All Why right. Let's. Uh, hey, 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 loyal customers. Here's an ad break. Here's an ad break for you. You couldn't tell, but we both winked because you're handsome. Tired of normal, ordinary pet litter? Afraid to take the plunge on buying that Bahir because you're worried about those massive dukes? Your Pegasus too noble for a litter box? Then do we have the product for you, Litteraline. This magically enchanted pet litter emits a scent that matches the alignment of you or your pet. It magically replaces all pet stink with a personalized scent just for your alignment. Or for those picky pets, it will produce a scent so enticing they'd be ashamed not to do their business there. Maybe your nightmare steed needs a little taste of home? Try Neutral Evil Brimstone. Coatal Assistant keeps banishing its droppings to your pillow? Try Lawful Good Clean Linen. Alignments vary between pet and owner? Can't go wrong with True Neutral New Car. Or maybe your pet doesn't care and you just need something to cover that stench. Then Chaotic Neutral Bacon Grease is the litter for you. In addition... 
Literaline automatically cleans itself every 24 hours, and you can change scents at any time with our convenient take-home transcendation packs. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP and start realigning the way your pet does business. Literaline, a scent for all kinds. Hey. All right, let's hit it back. We're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> I don't know where in that I'm going to cut in, but it's going to be fun no matter what. Excellent. So, uh, we've covered we've covered uh, uh, neither bug nor bear bug bears. Yes. Weirdly sneaky, long-armed bruisers and uh, good old ganoles. Gotta love those ganoles. Gotta love the right? ganoles. Um, kind of, kind of the whatever you need. Uh, coming up next, we have another kind of classic, another traditional hench folk. Uh, if you need, like, if if you're someone who craves like order above all else, and you're you're worried about the kind of loyalty or the uh, wishy washiness of your potential hench folk. Well, put your mind at ease with hobgoblins. They're like goblins, but hob, but but with hobs, but with hobs, hobs goblins. Yeah. Once there was welcome a- to the new the new brew goblins with more hobs. <laughs> Once there was a man named Hob who made a bunch of goblins, and they became Hobbs goblins. Oh, I thought that you were going to do a, lim- a limerick. No. Once there was a man named Hob. Who made who, cre- who who put lots of stuff in his gob? <laughs> I can't just I can't just I, I'm not a limerick machine. I can't do it. Uh, he he bit and he chewed, and uh, his vision was skewed. Uh, I lost it. He's yeah, it's gone. hard, isn't it? It's hard to make a limerick, everybody. Uh, hob goblins. War horns sound, stones fly from catapults, and the thunder of a thousand booted feet echoes across the land as hobgoblins march to battle. Across the borderlands of civilization, settlements and settlers must contend with these aggressive humanoids whose thirst for conquest is never satisfied. Gross. Hobgoblins, they're kind of hard to describe because they vary pretty wildly. They're, yeah. they're much, they are goblinoids, just like bugbears mm-hmm. and goblins. They stand much taller than goblins do. They are considered medium. About human size. Yeah. They've got the same sort of um, general goblinoid features, like the the kind of weird-shaped eyes and the flat nose. The and, heavy brow line. Yeah, and the ears. Kind of lightly furred skin, it kind of looks like. Coming in a variety of colors from brown to red to kind of clay colors. Yeah. Yeah. But hobgoblins are like, they they mean business. Like, their entire mm. thing surrounds, like, structure and order in their, like, military might. They have yellow or dark brown eyes that uh, peer out beneath their beetling brows and their wide mouths sport sharp and yellowed teeth. A male hobgoblin might have a large blue or red nose, which symbolizes virility and power among goblin kin. Hobgoblins can live as long as humans, but with their love of warfare uh, and battle, it means that few rarely do. I want to meet an old hobgoblin. Are they are they like those um, like those monkeys that have the weird nose, like or like baboons with their butts? I don't, I don't know. Said that the, that their nose is like a sign of virility. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's like. I don't think they got butt noses. I mean, but I, I was just drawing some parallels. It's okay. We can move on. A hobgoblin measures virtue by physical strength and martial prowess, caring about nothing except the opportunity to demonstrate skill and cunning in battle. Hobgoblins of high military rank attain their positions by force, though uh, then hold those positions by imposing their authority through draconian measures. Hobgoblins train to fight with a variety of weapons and have great skill crafting arms, armor, and siege weapons. Organized and disciplined, they take exceptional care of their weapons and armor, they favor the bold colors associated with their tribe, and trim their often elaborate uniforms with blood-red piping and leather-dyed black. So, So you know that they're tough. 
Yeah, whereas regular goblins can be a bit more tribal and yeah. primal, these guys are... Like, there is like, structure, there is order. They fight in... Oh, yeah. They, they organize their tribal bands into legions, basically. In their martial society, every hobgoblin has a rank, from the powerful leaders and champions to the rank-and-file foot soldiers to the goblins that found themselves driven into the front lines at Spear Point. A legion is headed by a warlord with several captains serving under its command. A hobgoblin warlord is a ruthless tyrant more interested in strategy, victory, glory, reputation, and dominion than leading troops into battle. As loyal and disciplined as hobgoblins are in their own legion, rival legions compete constantly for reputation and status. Meetings between legions often erupt in violence if troops aren't restrained and only exceptionally powerful leaders can force legions to cooperate on the battlefield. They have strong grasp for things like tactics and discipline, and hobgoblins, under the direction of a strategically-minded leader, will often carry out sophisticated battle plans. Uh, They seem to have a general hatred for elves, and attack them first over other opponents, even if doing so would be a tactical error. It seems to be one of the weird cultural things that they have that even surpasses their military minds. That's messed up. Yeah. Um, They will often supplement their ranks with less reliable and more expendable troops, such as goblins, bugbears, orcs, ogres, evil humanoids, and even giants. Yikes. Yeah, yikes indeed. So, So what would, like, a hobgoblin family reunion look like? Fuck. Uh... (laughs) Like, I mean, are they all, when, are, are they all within the same tribe? Because then I, I imagine yeah. it's a little chill. Uh, but they also like I, I'm pretty sure hobgoblins have a thing where it's like when it comes to loss, they like can't show weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's so it's like <laughs> would it be chill or would it be ultra competitive? It might be ultra competitive. I also imagine there is a very very uh, tight itinerary. Like, yes. to the minute planned out. Like, I want to see, like, it's like uh, our our protagonist, uh, Michelle the Hobgoblin, uh-huh. has had a, a, a rivalry with her cousin Hector Ooh. all her life. And now those two are running point on the tug of war this year. Uh-oh. I oh know. yeah, I mean if there's like if there's like fun and games, then yeah, it could it'll oh, it's yeah. gonna no, turn like, into imagine a just like wholesome family like <laughs> reunion at, like the potato sack race, like yeah, the three legged yeah, yeah. race. Your state fair uh, egg egg yeah, egg tosses. Oh god. How intense would those get? Even if it was something really kind of uh innocent like a slip and slide or a tire swing, they'd find a way to like To make it competitive. Yeah, like Michelle and Hector standing there. It's like, bet you I can like do a one eight, do go full three sixty on the tire swing without falling out. Oh, okay, but I can bet you I can go at least seven twenty with a flip. <sighs> I'd like to see you try, Hector. All right, all right, let's go. Let's go. They're both from Jersey, uh, <laughs> and then they go, and then someone gets hurt. Like, like Hector's not paying attention, and like tries to do like three flips, and like little Michaela's like swimming and like as like no doesn't notice and is like underneath him as he comes down no not and, little and Michaela. then it's like yeah and then the the competitive and fun summer activity t- turns the movie into and more of a the drama. grandparents get involved and like no one wins when that happens I would pay to see this summer drama yeah. this summer drama grand goblins grand goblins grand goblins that's the movie, though. Mm-hmm. Um, We've come up with it. Hobgoblins also um, have a... Hobgoblins might actually be decent customers for us because they have a long history of training animals into service. Um, from from your standard beasts of burden like oxen and horses, um, they use ravens to communicate by sending messages via ravens mm-hmm. um, and keeping wolves to guard prisoners and protect camps. Uh, they use wargs as steeds uh, in the same way that goblins uh, ride wolves. And um, some tribes even keep carnivorous apes as fighting beasts. Yo. That's rad <laughs> That's as hell. <laughs> um, 
Hobgoblins will claim any land with abundant resources. They can be found near forests, mountains, mines, humanoid settlements, anywhere that uh, wood, metal, and the like can be found. Uh, They will build and conquer uh, strongholds in strategic locations. Um, It says, Hobgoblin warlords never tire of combat, but they don't take up arms lightly. They will conduct reconnaissance to gauge strength and weaknesses of their foes. They will, you know, surround settlements or strongholds and cut off supply lines. They They will starve enemies out via siege rather than just throw themselves haphazardly at the walls. And they'll fortify their own holdings with the stuff that they take, using either uh, cavern complexes or dungeons or forest ruins. They will defend their strongholds with ditches and fences, guard towers, pit traps, and even crude ballistas. Man. So hobgoblins are also, like, if you need to, like, hold a location to, like, fortify a location, they they would be really good at that and probably have a lot I mean, to... hold, but also siege, probably. Oh, for like... sure. But if you just have, like, a small area you want to protect, like, hire some hobgoblins, and I'm sure they have some ideas to bring to the table, can do it on the cheap. Yeah, definitely. No, you get the hobgoblins, okay? They are the one. They tear down the walls, then you send the gnolls in. Oh, God. Yeah, there you go. Um, there are a couple hobgoblin uh, different variants in uh, Oval's book, um, namely the hobgoblin devastator, which is a hobgoblin who has uh, uh, pieced together some pretty potent evocation magics. Okay. So devastators are a bit rarer, but they 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 can bring some pretty powerful magic to the table. To, like really change the tides. Um, there's also the hobgoblin Iron Shadow, which function as like a sort of secret police within larger hobgoblin societies. Um, they're basically hobgoblin ninjas, a shadow monk of sorts. Yeah, like they they wear all black and can fight unarmed and can teleport. I think I saw that they shadows. were like they were like demon masks. Yeah. Um, they wear masks crafted to resemble devils, both to conceal their identities and strike fears at their foes. Ooh, that's rad. That's pretty rad. Like, all told, hobgoblins are pretty rad. Um, yeah. So, if they are, they are great to have on hand to yeah, hold a number of positions. If you want to take ground, keep ground, and do it like in a structured manner. As long as I feel like as long as you've got good leadership at the top, then hobgoblins are perfect to have on board. Yeah. As long as the brass knows what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, the hobgoblin null combo. Ugh. Ooh, devastating. That's dirty. That's and you can, uh, uh, we can hook you up with a, a battalion of both by checking us out at PetShopCast.com uh-huh. or at PetShopCast on Twitter. Yeah, just fill out the appropriate paperwork beforehand so you're not waiting in line at the store, please. There you Thank go. You. Now, lastly, lastly, unless you had more about, unless you had more about hobgoblins. Nah, they're rad. We have... The most fearsome of the whole bunch. We have indeed saved the best for last. We have. Despite and I am a- the reach and the stealth of the bugbears, despite the fury of the gnolls, despite the rigor, the iron machine that are hobgoblins, they ain't ready for this. We have the grung. The grung. Sorry? Grung. Grung are... Aggressive frog-like humanoids found in rainforests and tropical jungles. Uh, go on. See, grungs are small humanoids. <laughs> They're brightly colored. They can range from red to green to yellow to blue. <laughs> Anything, really. Um, and they're, they're, they're tiny. They're frog people? The little frog, the cute little tree frog people. <laughs> They've got the sort of you know like like the 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 color, but then like the the black sort of of spot designs. What the fuck have you done? See, just 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 let me explain. All right. So grungs, <laughs> uh, they're fiercely territorial and see themselves as superior to most other creatures. Well, now hang on. Now I'm interested. <laughs> The, Come at the tree-dwelling amphibians. Come grungs live in trees and prefer shade. A grung hatchery is maintained in well-guarded ground-level pools. 
About three months after hatching, a grung tadpole takes on the shape of an adult. It takes another six to nine months for a uh, young uh, for a grung juvenile to reach maturity. Uh, real quick, Young Grung is a really good like rapper name. Oh yeah, DJ Young Grung. Young Grung. Sneak. Young Grung. <laughs> uh, casts and colors. Oh. Grung Society is a cast system. All right. Each cast lays eggs in a separate hatching pool, and juvenile grungs join their cast upon emergence from the hatchery. All grungs are a dull greenish-gray when they are born, but each individual takes on the color of its cast as it grows into adulthood. Interesting. Green grungs are the tribe's warriors, hunters, and laborers, and blue grungs work as artisans in other domestic roles. Supervising and guiding both, both groups are the purple grungs, which serve as administrators and commanders. The red grungs are the tribe's scholars and magic users. Uh, they are superior to purple, blue, and green grungs and are given proper respect among by grungs of higher status. Oh. Higher castes include orange grungs, Ooh. which are elite warriors that have authority over all lesser grungs, and gold grungs, which hold the highest leadership positions. A tribe's sovereign is always a green grung. Gold grung. Yeah. A grung normally remains in its cast for life. On rare occasions, an individual that distinguishes itself with great deeds can earn an invitation to join a higher cast through a combination of herbal tonics and ritual magic. An elevator grung changes color and is inducted into the new cast in the same way that a juvenile of the cast would be. Ah. From then on, the grung and its progeny are members of the higher cast. Interesting. They're naturally toxic. Ah, they secrete rad. poison. Um but then they also use that um, to poison their weapons. Fuck. So they just sort of wipe a, wipe a blade <laughs> on themselves and they're good to go. That, that moment where, you know, like you cut someone down with the sword and you wipe the blade off on your sleeve. They're just repoisoning the blade. So, okay. So the territory, the, the, the bullshit cast system. Yeah. That's one thing. Uh-huh. Their other, one of their other headers is slavers. These things are, like, four feet tall or, or less. They're less like, than that. They're, like, maybe three. They're shitty little frogs. Grungs are always on the lookout for creatures they can capture and enslave. Like Grungs what? use slaves for Grungs use slaves for all menial tasks, but mostly they just like bossing them around. Slaves are, far, are, are fed mildly poisoned food to keep them lethargic and compliant. Oh my a creature God. afflicted in this way over a long period of time becomes a shell of its former self. It can be restored to normalcy only by magic. These guys are fucked up. Yep. This is some they Futurama are. bullshit. I'm imagining, like, you know, the little tiny frog people that have taken humanity captive. Like The fucking Hypnotoad, man. Yeah! Uh... They are, however, dependent on water. A grung that fails to immerse itself in water for at least one hour during a day suffers one level of exhaustion at the end of that day. A grung can recover from this exhaustion only through magic or by immersing itself in water for at least an hour. Jeez. Um, There's a really, really fucking funny oval tag in here where oval says, Sentient poisonous frogs that live in trees. Truly the gods hate us. (laughs) Thank you, oval. (laughs) But yeah, so we've got your your run of the mill grung. God. We have grung elite warriors. We have grung wildlings. This is messed up. Uh, it's pretty messed up, yo. They yeah, they've got mad frog hops. I'll give you that. They got yes, they got quite the jump. But uh, yeah, some can some can do magic. Let's see the the wildling can cast. Oh no, they've already got a mad jump. But then they can also cast jump. <laughs> So what? Jump triples your jump jump height, and their high jump so that's is a seventy five foot long jump, and their high jump is fifteen feet. So a forty five foot. foot vertical leap. Yup. Oh my god! Then cure wounds, bark skin, spike growth, and plant growth. Uh, the Grung Elite Warrior, which is some of the, the gold ones, uh-huh. uh, they have something called a mesmerizing chur. Okay. Grung makes a churring noise uh, to which Grungs are immune. Each humanoid or beast that is within 15 feet of the Grung and able to hear it must succeed on a wisdom throw or be stunned. Jeez. I'm still thrown by that massive jump height. Yeah, right? A 75 foot long jump? That's hilarious. That's ridiculous, that is dude. absurd. 
<laughs> yeah, and they have a little table here that's about like um depending on the color if you want to, it can have different sort of poison effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm seeing this. But yeah, grungs, man. I want to see a gr- fucking grung track and field. <laughs> that's legendary. That, that long jump would be ridiculous. Really pushing the limits of uh, grung athleticism. Oh, definitely. Grung pole vaulting? Pole vaulting? Uh, just the high jump? Um, I, I'm wondering how, like, the shot put of the hammer throw would go. Maybe not so well, because they're not, like, the strongest little critters. Yeah. I want to see, like, grung gymnastics and all of the crazy Ooh. vertical leaps that you throw into there. Like a like a sick grung floor routine. Oh, man. Or, like, figure skating. Oh, that would be Think baller. Think the spins, Zach. Well, that or just seeing some, like, just some grung parkour. that go to, like, a... Grung-core. Grung-core. <laughs> grung ninja warrior. Oh, man, that'd be real good. I've been watching a lot of American Ninja Warrior lately, so it's on the brain. Well, yeah, Netflix, they have the uh, that show Ultimate Beastmaster. Oh, I haven't seen this. Where it's it's Ninja Warrior-esque. It's the obstacle chorus. Nice. It's very fun. God. Okay, real quick, but these poison fairy, these these different grung poisons are hilarious. Yeah, um, hit me gr- with them. Green poison. Uh, the poisoned creature can't move except to climb or make standing jumps. They just make you a frog. <laughs> um, blue, the poisoned creature must shout loudly or otherwise make loud noises at the start and end of its turn. That's very funny. Purple, a poisoned creature feels the desperate need to soak itself in liquid or mud. Red, the poisoned creature must use its action to eat if food is within reach. Uh, the gold one, a poisoned creature is charmed and can speak grung. So that's weird. They just poison language into your brain. Orange makes you frightened of your allies. Yeah, that sucks. God. So I guess, like, I guess if you work in a swamp or a jungle, hire some grungs. Just make sure that they don't, like, accidentally, well, not accidentally, but, like, take you as a slaver. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe, like, Expose yourself to some grung toxins so you can build up an immunity to it. Uh, don't let them turn the tables on you. Write a very strongly worded contract. Keep some water bottles on hand. There you go. <laughs> I mean, or don't. Cause I mean, or don't. Get it. Yeah. But that that oh, might man. be some that, that might be some some uh some ethical uh things there like we gotta look out there for our go. grungs fantastic what but the fuck but yeah that's grungs what i mean yeah but the grungs <laughs> dude grungs are fucking weird i guess if you want like a like a strike force like a like a seal team six but grungs grung team six grung team six <laughs> one of each color there you go. They would never be able but to work But they won't work because yeah. the cast system. Yeah. yeah. Damn. It would be weird. Damn. Idea uh, Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's uh that's our, our job fair for this week, everyone. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you're interested and have any of these uh, folks come and work for you. Absolutely. And we'll set it up. Check us out. Yeah. Pet Shop Cast on Twitter. Indeed. Or you can find us at PetShopCast.com or really any podcatcher out there. I will say a yeah. small thing at the end. I was digging through some of the random podcatchers out there. Um, just to see like kind of where we were. And there's some like mm-hmm. really nice reviews out there. Um, and I, I've only seen the ones on Apple Podcasts. I haven't really looked anywhere else. There's a handful of, of other reviews elsewhere. So if you've left a review, thank you so much. It, it really kind of made my day. Um, if you and if you leave a review somewhere on a podcatcher, it really helps out with visibility and things like that. So if you enjoy the Definitely. show, uh, please consider leaving us a review or a rating wherever you can. Because um, it really goes a long way and we really, really appreciate it. Like It, it mm-hmm. genuinely warmed my heart. So, my cold, dead heart. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, th- those are our pals, and I think, yeah, it's time for us to head on out. Yeah. So, uh, 
again, yeah, check us out anywhere. Um, uh, another thing to note real quick, um, I believe that uh, if you are interested in becoming a patron, patron, bleh, if you're interested in becoming a patron over at the Ghostlight Media Patreon page, um, coming up very soon will be some exclusive, uh, some patron exclusive pet shop content. Uh, if mm-hmm. that tickles your fancy, you can check us out over at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. Definitely. Um, other than that, if you uh, there's anything that you want to hear about on this here show, let us know by just uh, shooting us a DM or atting us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let us know what you'd be interested in seeing on the show. Indeed. All right. Well, thanks for coming along, y'all. This is a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's all for us this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been Zach. I've been Griffin. And just remember, everybody, at the end of the day. Why, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love, baby. Good night, everybody. Uh, or morning or day yeah. or wherever you are. It's all are. about love. Thank you all for listening to episode 35 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Brayden, Jeremy, and Kim for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Morand and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, hey, stay healthy, keep each other safe, and boy, oh boy, is this a good time to binge some podcasts. Seriously, go do it. And make sure you're, like, drinking your juice and all that stuff. But, like, all the podcasts. Go watch. This has been a Ghost Light Media Production.